Hello everyone, I've been trying to make this a weekly thing, but as most uh, dealers and shops have been noticing, we're kind of crazy busy during Black Friday and the week after just getting orders out on time. It was a pretty good Black Friday for us. Um, I had talked a bit online about how I had expected Black Friday to be kind of anemic just due to how many people in my local area are being laid off or don't necessarily have the same savings or amount of money that they want to spend on collectibles lately, but it actually did kind of work out. We sold a lot of stuff that I did not want to sit on and uh, sold a lot of stuff that I did want to sit on, but hey, money in the pocket's always better than money not in the pocket. So let's talk a little bit today about a thread that the former co-host of this pa uh, podcast, Ed Wynn, put out where he said, I want to get out of magic and buy lists are going to become higher spread where the card that it's selling for market price is selling for much more than what people are paying and that it also anticipates Biola's cratering next year on a lot of esoteric stuff where you're looking at 7th edition foils that barely sell or is this Destiny foils that barely sell. Just stuff that shops don't really want to own, they don't really want to pay a real number on because unlike a couple of years ago, it's considered toxic inventory and I would tend to agree. Um, there's a couple of shop owners that commented on the thread who had said, you know, we don't like foils or foil velocity is down, so we're not buying foils. Um, Ed is personally, based on what he had said, debating just buy listing everything before the buy list get worse next year. I tend to agree with the statement. We talked about it on the last cast about how cash is king right now, and it's very hard for a lot of shops to move a lot of things right now. I personally, just like last time, um, am currently getting 12 pallets of inventory shipped from other shops, so about uh, 7 to 9 million cards are coming in from other game stores that do not want any of the stuff because it's just not making money for them. It's just been sitting there forever. I would agree that the BIOS are going to get a lot worse next year. Uh, Star City's head buyer had come out with a thread saying that Magic should be good to go in 2025, which could be true, but the problem for a lot of people is making it through 2024. A lot of people's operations are one-person operations who, you know, they go to their local flea market, they go and trade with local customers, and then they buy list the cards that they get and make a guaranteed margin of you know, 10% or something, just picking up cards for less than Card Kingdom's buy list and hoping Card Kingdom doesn't downgrade them or something like that. That's a really common uh, business for people to be in. It's certainly probably the main component of people that still listen to this podcast is just you pick up something for a good deal from your buddy or from someone getting out and you flip it and everyone's happy. Customer gets the money, you put in the work, you get paid money to get the work. Because after all, buy listing is just paying someone else through taking a percentage cut for them to do the work instead of you. Um, the reason why a lot of people buy list to me is because on higher end items, we've specialized a lot in alpha uh, through, I'd say, the dark lately. A lot of people are selling me that stuff. They just don't want to get scammed online. They're worried that their cards have ink. They're worried about... Uh, just a lot of things that come with dealing with old school cards, rebacks, stuff like that. So I've been getting one of the largest amounts of old school lately of just customers selling me everything from revised to alpha. And even though those cards are easy to move when you get into some of the random cards like beta Timberwolves and stuff like that, those things don't sell very fast. And if you put it up at auction in the current market, you're only going to get a couple people bidding against each other. Um, and that's before paying taxes. So a lot of people are just selling me that stuff lately. We're getting a lot of bulk in. Nobody has room, as I've talked about, for bulk in their warehouse, for bulk in their closet. Um, 
obviously with me taking in millions and millions of cards, I had to expand my operations and potentially hire some more people in December to make sure we can actually process all those cards without losing money before the cards potentially go down. Magic is certainly in a buyer's market. Um, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone listening to this podcast. If you have money, you can get great deals on cards you need. And that's probably a good place to be. You know, people still say magic cards are expensive, but if you look at anything outside of foils or Alpha Through the Dark, there's only a couple cards left that are over $50. Mana Crypt being one, which just got a reprint. Painter Servant being one, which I believe just got a reprint. Um, we just saw Cloudstone Carrier reprinted in Lord of the Rings. So there's really not that many cards out there left that are worth a ton of money for just the regular non-foil version, which means there's less money in the market um, of flipping cards that are worth $50 where, you know, you make $5 on a card, you do that a dozen times a week, and that's a pretty good profit margin if you're a vendor. Um, everything else seems to be slowing down, and we're starting to see the Yu-Gi-Oh! as a couple people have said, of just magic cards not being worth a ton, except for the stuff that's the most played, and then even then players are just going after... Um, the variants that they care about most. So that's kind of just the state of the general market. I cannot keep up with the amount of people trying to sell cards to me right now, but we're trying our best. And, you know, maybe I'm making the wrong decision buying everybody else's bags at the moment, but a lot of people are comfortable selling me cards at a margin I feel comfortable with. Um, I am getting generally three to five large collection offers a day at the moment. And I imagine a lot of other vendors are as well. And that's really where you make your money is in the collections that are worth, you know, mid five figures or higher, because a lot of those customers have been playing forever. They just want a number and they want it gone. They don't want to do the work on, you know, decks and decks of one to $2 cards. Um, and that's kind of where we make the money is, you know, we throw them all into a sorting machine. We spit out a list and email the customer. Um, I also have a lot of customers that are reaching out with serialized cards. I actually got another email this morning about a serialized uh, one ring, the one of 100, not the one of one, obviously. And a lot of customers are not interested in buy listing the serialized cards because serialized cards have fallen 50 to 60% on average about a month after they get printed. Um, to give you some context, we bought a couple fourth doctors for 150 when they were going for $400 on eBay, and we ended up signing them a week or two later for $200 and change for the same serialized cards. Um, there's a very slim market for people that want these cards. So a lot of customers have reached out to me saying, hey, you know, Star City isn't buying this card. I don't see a BIOS for serialized on Card Kingdom. Would you be interested in buying it? And my response has been, I don't want to have that risk because of how quick these cards drop after your release, but we'd be happy to consign it for you on eBay. We'd be happy to sell it for you, show you the the percentage that we make and then take a cut and move on with our life. Uh, so there's a couple of customers that have been interested in that lately, just on stuff that I do not want to own and they do not want to own either. Lorcana has been going very well locally, both in store and online orders. It is very hard to keep Lorcana in stock and the leagues have been doing very well. Uh, there is a lot of the second chapter of Lorcana coming on in the market right now. And basically at retail, basically for 140 to 160 a box. So the profitability where Lorcana was averaging three to four hundred dollars a box of EV is probably not going to happen again. But Lorcana is something I do want to carry going forward, as well as One Piece, simply due to the size of the market and how little they care necessarily about the prices. Whereas Magic players will consistently come in 
see that we are charging 38 cents for a rare, and then go buy it on TCG Player for 10 cents. Instead of paying a premium, getting the card, same day, you know, you walk in, you say, hey, Jeremy, do you have this rare from Kaldheim? I do, it's 38 cents, so no, I'll buy it on TCG for 10 cents. We're seeing a lot more of that, locally at least. Um, which is fine, I'm fortunate enough to have plenty of outs for my cards, whether it's eBay, whether it's TCG Player of one of the many accounts I have, Amazon, etc. So I'm not too worried about it, but Magic Players, if you've ever been to an LGS or been behind an LGS counter, Magic Players would literally walk away and spend more time to save 5 to 10 cents on a card than just picking it up from their game shop and ensuring that they have a place to play. As I've said in the past cast, I would not be surprised in the future if we start to see a bunch of game shops close next year, just people that have not diversified enough. And the type of shops that'll close, in my opinion, based on just all the game shops I've been visiting lately and buying inventory from, will be those type of gaming clubs where the owner knows everybody, but there's not a lot of people that come in from the outside, or it's just your generic group of Magic players. There's not a lot of diversity necessarily in your customer base. It's all one type of person that comes in. Um, whether that's a bunch of blue-collar workers at a shop I visited last week and nobody else really feels like that is a place they want to play with their family or something like that. We're also seeing a lot of people who simply do not have their inventory organized um, start to flounder a bit. That's one of the biggest problems in MTG Finance, in my opinion, is if you don't list a card, you cannot sell the card. So for a lot of people, those boxes and boxes of cards that they have just lying around from collection buys or part of their collection in a closet, that's essentially dead money. That's cards you cannot sell. And a lot of those types of things are coming out into the woodwork. We're seeing a lot of five rows come in or be mailed to us where it's just a bunch of one to $5 cards that people simply said they did not want to list and they'd rather get rid of it um, because it is not worth their time to list cards that are that cheap. They only want to make money on the big stuff, and the rest of the stuff is kind of gravy. So I've been getting a lot of $1 to $5 cards lately, soul rings, foil, unstable lands, stuff like that. Piles and piles of that stuff coming in. Because players value their time more than TCG Player Direct taking half of all orders under $3, for example, which I believe is the current fee set up by TCG Player for the reimbursements. Um... A lot of people are also noticing after Black Friday that TCG Direct does not have most, literally thousands in this case, according to the backend scrape of cards in the Direct Warehouse that they should, which means that Direct sellers have a card that is simply not available for sale on TCG Player. For people who don't know how TCG Direct works, essentially TCG Player has a warehouse that contains all the cards, and they do all the shipping for you, they do all the fulfillment for you. It is your job to then ship them to the warehouse in the specified condition. The problem occurs when TCG Player cannot get those same cards back in the system. This happens a lot with Alpha cards like that, cards that I like carrying. Um, not a lot of people are going to be listing near-mint Alpha 3 Unlimited cards on TCG Player Direct. They're not going to be sending those into the warehouse, and a lot of players or people that use TCG Player Direct when they send it to the warehouse, they've unfortunately misgraded the card, which means that TCG Player Direct can't get another copy in because of other sellers are not part of their system. We're noticing a lot more cutting down on, on prices on TCG Player Direct, a lot of people not valuing their time. You know, they're charging two to ten cents a common, which you know, they they think that they got that card for free, they're doing it for fun, they're doing it for a hobby, but 
it's not really paying the bills at the end of the day. I believe the common consensus at the moment is for any card on TCG Player, if you're listing it for less than 50 cents with a wide enough inventory, it's just not worth your time to list them at all. Um, so if you have a very large inventory, if you have a lot of different cards across many different sets and you list them all for 50 cents, people will be willing to pay that premium simply to get all the cards from one place, simply to make sure that, you know, you're buying from someone who knows what they're doing, who knows how to grade cards, who knows to make sure cards aren't fake, things like that. Just less of a hassle, which is kind of what TCG Direct is for. You're paying a premium to make sure all your cards are correct and to make sure that all of your cards come in one package versus 40 to 50 packages for your EDH deck. And you having to spend time figuring out where this package is from, who sent it, there's no packing slip on the inside, what's going on. Um, a lot of people are starting to fall off of TCG Player Direct. Harry's House of Cards is one of the largest TCG Player Direct sellers. He is now off of TCG Player. We are considering switching off of TCG Player Direct with this um, millions and millions of cards on the way, simply because why would I pay TCG Player the fees if I have a deep enough inventory of millions and millions of cards to, you know, why would I pay them to do it when we can do it when we have a large enough amount of cards that I can afford to charge a premium and not have TCG Player Direct take any. That's something that I'm considering on one or two of my TCG Player accounts, just to see as an experiment if it is more profitable. Um, because if the order numbers go down, but the average order becomes more profitable, then it's worth it for me to turn off TCG Player Direct and just sell locally, just sell on TCG Player as a normal seller. So I'll keep uh, all the listeners focused on that. If you're interested in selling any cards or just touching base about the value of your collection, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at MissouriMTG. Uh, we do fly around the country to buy collections. It's been something I've been extremely busy with. I don't anticipate flying anywhere um, in December just because I have to physically process all of these cards with a bunch of people. As you can imagine, grading and sorting millions and millions of cards and pallets of magic, magic cards does take a bit of time, um, but hey, that's that's what I enjoy doing, and I'm not complaining. I, I get to work this job, I get to work the hours when I want to, and the only thing that matters is that I ship my orders on time and that they're correct, so we uh, appreciate the business. Um, if you're interested in mailing a collection, you can mail it to the shop. Just shoot me a message on uh, Twitter at MissouriMTG. I'll try to make this weekly, but been a little busy, and I do apologize for that. Thanks for listening to the cast, guys, and have a great day.